0: I want to share with you on the vital subject of life after death because we all are destined to cross over the threshold of this life into eternity. And the Bible has a lot to tell us about that. And uh, God's eternal judgment actually will determine each person's eternal destiny and ultimately God divides all mankind into two groups. And the judgment that happens when you cross over that threshold will be just determined by it will be a judgment just of you as an individual it won't be affected what nation you're of what family you are of it will just be based on what you have done in this life Ezekiel 18 verse 20 says the soul who sins shall die the son will not bear the guilt of his father nor the father bear the guilt of his son the righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And the Bible generally teaches that man (coughs) goes through three phases of existence. The first phase is this life. That's what we're most aware of. And this is where our spirit lives in a mortal body, a death-doomed body. We, We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. And this phase of our existence will end at our physical death, when our spirit leaves our body. Then we go into the second phase that theologians call the intermediate phase, the intermediate state. And this is when our spirit lays aside our body at death, rather like we might put off our clothing at the end of the day. And we continue to exist as a spirit, but not with a body, as a disembodied spirit. And this is not, however, how God designed us to be God designed us to live in a body. So this state is only a temporary state in the interval between our death and our resurrection. Then at the time of God's choosing, we will enter our eternal state. That's the third phase of our existence. That happens at our physical resurrection. And that's when our spirit will put on an immortal body. A resurrection body. And whether you're an unbeliever or a believer, you go through those three uh, states of existence. But it will be very different for a believer as for an unbeliever. See, the Bible teaches that after death, the invisible part of man, his spirit and soul, carries on and it lives independently from the body. This is called the immortality of the soul, and it's biblical. Although the body is mortal and subject to death, why because it's made of earth and it came under a curse but man's spirit is immortal because it comes from the breath of god in fact we see that in genesis when God made the first man Adam, it says in two, Genesis 2-7 that the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground. That's his body. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That's his spirit from the breath of God. And then man came, became a living soul. That's when the spirit fused with the body, he became a living soul. And so although the body is dust that dies, the spirit is made from God's breath and cannot die. It continues to exist after death. And so you don't cease existing. You carry on. Physical death is simply the separation of the spirit from the body. When the the house of the body is no longer able to house the spirit. Uh, uh, James 2.26 says that the body without the spirit is dead. And Jesus said in Matthew 10.28, Don't fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. In other words, if somebody kills you, they can only kill your body, but your soul will live on. And so our soul is not subject to death. It isn't killed when our body is killed. You know, the Bible talks about the inward man and the outward man. The man on the inside, that's our spirit, is the real us, actually. The outer man is the body that can be seen, but it's just the clothing of the spirit. And it allows our inner man to express itself in this world. So the outward man is mortal, but the inward man is immortal. 1, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. And so we know that Jesus promises that those who believe in him have, receive, eternal life, everlasting life. So that means, certainly for believers, do not cease to exist at death but that we have eternal life we carry on we don't go into some kind of unconscious coma or soul sleep that's not the word of god jesus made this wonderful promise in john 11 when he raised lazarus verse 25 he says i am the resurrection that's speaking the resurrection for the body and the life that's the life for the spirit of man he says he who believes in me though he were dead that's physically dead yet he shall live. In other words, he'll be resurrected again. And secondly, he says, that talks about him being the resurrection, but now he's going to talk about him being the life. Whoever lives and believes in me, in other words, your opportunity to believe in Christ is while you're still alive, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. it's not saying your body will never die, but you, your spirit, will never die because you will have eternal life. So your spirit keeps on living, even after death, and so that's why Romans 8 promises that nothing, not even death, will separate us from the love of God in Christ. See, our body is just our earth suit. It's like clothing that we take off at the end of the day. In the intermediate state, we will be unclothed for a time, but we'll continue to be conscious uh, until uh, the time to be clothed with an eternal body at our resurrection. The body, the Bible compares our present body to a temp, tent, a, a temporary dwelling, but one day we will receive an eternal, everlasting house of God. Hallelujah! That's our glorified body. Well, the Bible tells us that all mankind is divided into two groups, with two different eternal destinies, and that's decided at death. And then, at death, a permanent separation takes place between the righteous and the unrighteous. And the condition of your soul at death will determine your destiny for all eternity. That's what Ecclesiastes 11.3 says. A very deep verse, actually. It seems simplistic, but it says, Whether a tree falls towards the south or towards the north, wherever the tree falls, there it lies. Now the tree represents a man. And the tree falling is when he dies. And he'll either, when he dies, be pointing north, that is pointing towards God, in which case he will remain in that state forever for all eternity. Or if he falls to the south, that means he he falls in rebellion to God, in rejection of God, then he will be in that state forever. So the state in which you die... God positive or God negative will be your state forever. That's what Revelation 22.11 says. Let him who is unrighteous be unrighteous still. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. So in the eternal state, everyone stays in their state of righteousness or wickedness. You either die under condemnation or under grace. The Bible says you either die in your sins or you die in the Lord. Now man is born in a state of sin through Adam. We're automatically guilty, but Jesus come to save us from our sin. And through his perfect life, through his death and resurrection, he provided salvation for everyone. He's the only hope of salvation. There is salvation in no other name. But those who call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And so if you put your trust in Christ as Lord and receive his salvation, you are put into Christ. And if you die then, you die in the Lord. And his righteousness is put to your account. Hallelujah. But those who reject him continue to be in their sins. And if they die in their sins, they will be forever in their sins. In fact, Jesus said in John eight twenty four, you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am, that I am God, you will die in your sins. He's saying it's essential to believe in the deity of Christ. In other words, that Jesus is not just a good man, but he's the God man. God manifest in the flesh, that he is Lord. That's the Christian confession. It's the, act, the first act of worship is when you say Jesus is Lord. You're declaring his deity and that's essential for salvation. Revelation 14 13 gives the other way of dying. If you die in your sins or he says blessed is he of sorry blessed is the dead who die in the lord. So if you die in the lord you are blessed with eternal life. And so the first stage of man's judgment happens immediately after his death. If he dies in his sins in a state of unrighteousness, then he goes down to a place called Hades under the earth. It's a place of torments or punishment. Uh, but if he dies in the Lord in a state of righteousness he will go up to be with his Lord in heaven. Praise God. And the classic verse on this is Hebrews 9.27 It says, as it is appointed for man men to die once, but after this the judgment. In other words God's appointed that our initial judgment takes place after death. That's our eternal judgment takes place at the moment of death. That means when the spirit leaves the body, that man will face a judicial sentencing from God. If he dies in his sins and is found guilty, he'll be sent to a place of punishment in Hades. And then later at his resurrection, he will stand before God a second time to to, uh, face his final sentencing. He'll be judged for his works and the degree of punishment will be determined and then he'll be dismissed into the lake of fire and that is described in Revelation 20 as as the great white throne judgment. But there's another possibility Christ made possible. In Christ, he identified with us. He took our sins upon himself. He took the judgment that we deserved, the equivalent of eternal hell, And so, if we accept him, we'll be saved. And we won't go to hell, but rather, we go to heaven. Ecclesiastes 12.7 talks about this judgment at death. It says, the dust, or the body, will return to the earth where it was, as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. So when the spirit's released from the body, it briefly comes before God, who then sends it to one of two locations, either a place of punishment, or a place of blessing called paradise. But one's eternal destiny is fixed at death. That means it's so important to get right with God in this life. As I say, we go the intermediate state after death, whether it's in paradise or in that place of punishment in Hades, it's just a temporary state um, until the resurrection when God will reunite Our spirit to our body in the resurrection and then we enter into our eternal state now those who die in their sins as I said don't have righteousness before God and so they go to a place of initial punishment to await the resurrection to the final judgment those who die in the Lord in Christ they are clothed in his righteousness and so on that basis They go into a place called paradise uh, that we'll talk about. And so it's like our court system. There are two stages to any trial. First of all, the first stage is to determine guilt or innocence. That's the first trial. That happens immediately at death, whether you die in your sins or in the Lord. And then you, you have to wait. And then the second time you appear, the judge, is for your sentencing. For a believer, we come before the judgment seat of Christ and we are, he, we are judged according to our works and we are given uh, eternal rewards according to how we've lived. But for the unbeliever, when they stand before the great white throne, again that is sentencing and the degree of their eternal punishment is then determined um, by uh, the Lord at the great white throne. And so it happens in two stages for believers and for unbelievers. Well, isn't it so important that we share the gospel, that we tell people before it's too late, because they've only got this life to get right with God. But this life, although short, is very, very important, because what you decide in this life actually determines your eternal destiny, because at death... God divides mankind into two two groups. You either die in your sins, which means you going into a place separated from God, a place of punishment, or you die in righteousness because you've received Jesus Christ as your righteousness. You die in the Lord, in a state of righteousness, clothed in his righteousness, and then you go into a state of paradise of heaven and that will be your eternal state so the state you are at your death is how you'll be after death a man enters into the next phase of his existence the intermediate state where he will be until his resurrection and so as i said he'll go to one of two places now first of all i want to talk about what happened before the cross before in the Old Testament, before Jesus rose from the dead, all believers and unbelievers went down to a place called Hades. or the, That's the Greek name for it. Or Sheol, that's the Hebrew name for it. It's a place under the earth, a place for departed spirits. So in the Bible, the body would go into the grave, but the, uh, the soul would go down to this place called Sheol. Now, a major change happened at the resurrection of Christ that we'll, we'll talk about. But um, even believers, as I, as I say, did not go to heaven. Well, will explain why. They actually went down to Sheol. And, but they went to a different compartment. The righteous were carried by angels to a place called paradise or Abraham's bosom. But the wicked went to a place of punishment called torments. And, and we'll see this even from Jesus' teaching. Do you remember Jesus said to the thief on the cross in Luke 23:43? he said, today you will be with me. I'm sorry, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. And paradise is the name of the palace garden of a king, a beautiful place. And Jesus assured that thief on the cross that he was forgiven. And he wouldn't go to a place of punishment at death, but rather he would go to paradise, a place of blessing. And Jesus spoke of this as a real place. And the Jews believe that, of course, because it's true. Now, in Luke 16, Jesus gives us the best picture we get in the Bible, really, of what happens after death. And it's the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And this is a true story. And, and you know, even if it's a parable, parables are true to the real life facts. They're not mythical stories. You know, they're, they're not uh, kind of just weird things that don't relate to real life. So a parable like the parable of the sower is actually related to how things actually are. So Jesus in this story of the rich man and Lazarus he taught that after death the soul lives on and is fully conscious and we'll see that both the believers and the unbelievers are fully conscious they have memory they talk they experience And so this tells us what the intermediate state is like for both believers and unbelievers. Let's go there to Luke 16. It says, verse 19, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple, fine linen, fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, was laid at the rich man's gate, desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from his table. The dogs came and licked his sores. And so it was that the beggar died. But he was a believer. And he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Abraham, of course, is the father of all believers. And so the place is named after him. And so because you believe like Abraham believed and receive righteousness from God as a gift, like Abraham, you go to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments. Now the rich man goes to a different place called torments, or that means a place of punishment. And notice where torments is, it's in Hades. Hades is this invisible realm under the earth. So he's in torments in Hades, and he lifts up his eyes, and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So notice, even the believers were within sight of the unbelievers. So they're also in this invisible realm called Hades, but in a different compartment. Both men continue to exist after death. But they were, And they were both in this invisible realm under the earth. But were in two different compartments. Which shows that there's two different destinies after death. Of the righteous and the unrighteous. The believer went to paradise. But the unbeliever went to a place of punishment. But they could see each other. They're in the same realm. They could communicate with each other. And I want to say that something changed. After Christ's resurrection, Jesus made it possible... Uh, for believers not to go down to Hades, but to go up to heaven when they die. Well, Torments was below paradise because he had to look up to see uh, Lazarus there in Abraham's bosom. Uh, let's read on. The rich man cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. So there's a flame and it's a place of punishment. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you receive the good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And So Abraham's bosom is a place of comfort whereas the other place is a place of punishment. Well, the torments, this place of punishment and flames, is like a a palace dungeon. If one is the palace garden, the other one is the king's palace dungeon. It's a holding cell for those under the condemnation of the king where they have to wait for their final sentencing and assignment to their final place of punishment, which is the lake of fire. And notice what Abraham says next. He says, Besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. So these two compartments for the believers and unbelievers were separated by this great gulf, which in other scriptures is called the abyss or the bottomless pit. And this is actually the prison of fallen angels and demons. So Hades has at least three compartments, or it did before the cross, paradise, torments for unbelievers, and then the abyss for angels and demons. And whether you go to one or the other depends on the choices you make in this life. And Abraham said, once you die and you enter that place, it is not possible to cross from one side to the other. So if you're, if you're in torments, you can't get out. It's too late after death to change your mind. And this is a, a real story about uh, conscious experience after death. Notice the rich man, he saw, he willed, he desired, he felt heat, he felt thirst, he, he talked. And we'll see he even had concern for his family. And Lazarus and Abraham, they were conscious after death as well. So this idea of soul sleep is not right. Well, in the Old Testament times, this is the picture of what happened. Everyone went down to Hades, even the believers. But what Jesus did something to change that. Before Jesus died and rose again, you see, before he brought in the new covenant, it was impossible for anyone to be born again. So it was impossible for their spirits to go to heaven. You see, when they believed, like Abraham, it was reckoned to them for righteousness. They received righteousness, imputed legal righteousness. They were forgiven. So that's why they didn't go to a place of punishment. But righteousness was not imparted to their spirits. Their spirits were not yet made perfect. And so they couldn't go to heaven. Jesus said that the new birth is essential to go to heaven. But but the reason is that the new birth, as described in the New Testament is actually through the resurrection of Christ. Peter says, you're born again through the resurrection of Christ. So before Christ was risen, it's not possible for Christ's resurrection life to be applied to your spirit, for you to be born again. And so their spirits needed uh, couldn't go to heaven. Jesus said, unless you're born again, John 3, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He says, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So your spirit must receive a new birth in order to actually enter the kingdom of God. And so before the resurrection, heaven was not populated by men. Even believers went down to this place called paradise. That's why Jesus said in John 3.13, he said, no one has ascended into heaven. But he who descended from heaven, the son of man. In other words, no, no man had gone up to heaven at death. It was not possible because everyone uh, died uh, without being born again. And so that's why they went down. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 11:11, 11, 11, he said, Among those born of women, there hasn't arisen one greater than John the Baptist. He said, John the Baptist is greater than any previous prophet. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So even John the Baptist wasn't born again in, in that sense because the new covenant hadn't come in. The new creation hadn't come in because Christ had not yet died and risen again. And so for anyone in the kingdom of God who's born again is actually greater than John the Baptist because, again, he couldn't receive the new birth yet because he died before Jesus rose again. And so until Jesus came and rose from the dead, people were spiritually dead uh, in Adam. But Ezekiel prophesied the new birth as a new thing. He says, Ezekiel 36, he said, I'll put a new spirit within you and I'll put my spirit in you. That's in the new covenant. God will do something to make the new birth possible. And that was accomplished by Christ in his death and resurrection. It says, when we accepted Christ, we're put in Christ, we were crucified with Christ, we died with Christ, and we're risen with Christ. His resurrection power was applied to our spirits. And we became a new creation, a new man in Christ. Praise God. And now our spirits have been changed. And so now when believers die, their spirits have been made perfect. And when believers die, praise God, we go straight into heaven. And that is a wonderful thing that Jesus has done, that we don't need to be afraid of death. Jesus has conquered death for us, spiritual death and physical death. And that means when we die, our spirits will continue to exist and go straight into the presence of God, where we will await in heaven the resurrection of our body. And then God will release his glory into our bodies and we will live forever in that glorified body. Praise be to Jesus, who's done that for us. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth, but we need your help. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you you can find a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, ox x 3 7QH.